Welcome to the audio podcast of the Edward Jones Chatting Cage, the show where you can talk face-to-face with your favorite MLB players and personalities. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another round of the Edward Jones Chatting Cage. I am JB with you once again, and we are delighted, thrilled, excited as we kick off an October version of the of the cage with a man who knows something about October. Bobby Ojeda joins us. Bobby, how you doing? I'm doing excellent. Thank you. Uh, you fans, you know how this works. Uh, don't leave me hanging. Get your webcams fired up. Join me and Bobby right here in the show. Get your questions. Get some FaceTimes with World Series champ Bobby Ojeda right there. Talking about the Mets, talking about the playoffs, talking about October, talking about unlikely runs. Whatever the question may be, he's ready for it over the next uh, 10 or 15 minutes. So get to it. Meanwhile, I'll use Twitter, hashtag chatting cage, and then I will do my best to read it in a voice that might be similar to yours. That's not true, but I will read the question. That's what we're doing here. So let's get to Twitter first so we get those webcams fired up. And this is from uh, at Chris LLY9. Simply, how excited are you to see the Mets back in the playoffs? You know, I'm not one of those people who really care unless something affects me directly, <laughs> if I have something to gain. But this trans, this just passes that up because I really am excited about it. I'm thrilled for the, for the ball club, the, the guys. There's a lot of good guys in that locker room. I'm thrilled for the organization who's gone through some very hard times. I'm thrilled for Sandy Alderson who's come in here under tough circumstances and put this thing on the map. Uh, but most importantly, I'm thrilled for the fans, and I'm a little bit of a fan. I could say that now. <laughs> I, I, I'm thrilled that I'm watching all the guys with the and the girls with the Met hats and jersey, and they're so proud of this ball club. Uh, so I'm I'm genuinely excited for for all of us. Uh, it certainly is an exact time. I love how you phrase that as well. Hey, if it doesn't have to do with me, who cares? But this one I actually care about. <laughs> hey, yeah, that's great, uh, uh, fantastic. We go back to Twitter while webcams get fired up. Uh, this is from at Nomo Samo. Uh, you spoke about a little bit about the team that's out there right now, and we know '86 uh, was pretty historic. So, do you think good teams need to get along off the field? No, not at all. I don't think it matters. I mean, where you need to get along, and you phrased it. The question is phrased beautifully. Away from the field, mm-hmm. I don't care. Listen, if we go to dinner or not, but when you show up at that ballpark at two o'clock. When you have BP at 5 o'clock and when the game starts at 7.05 or whatever it is, then we get along. And when that game's over at 10.30, between that window, we get along. We do all we can to help each other win the ball game, to help to work on this name, the name on the front of the jersey, not worry about the one on the back. When I leave here, okay, the one on the back's important. I don't care about the name on the back when we're at that locker room and the good teams are able to separate that out. Mm. They understand we don't have to love each other, but we got to show up and win together. That's right. Compartmentalize that. We have to love each other when we're playing anywhere at the park. That's uh, well said, Bobby O. This is the Edward Jones Chatting Cage. We continue our conversation with World Series champ Bobby Ojeda as the fans join us. What's your name? Where you're from? What's your question? Uh, I'm Ryan from New York. Um, how does uh, Matt Harvey compare to a young duck? Good. Mm. Well, Ryan, that's an interesting question, but it's not really relevant, and I'll tell you why. They have different stuff. They come from different backgrounds. They they have a different style. They have a different makeup. Um, Doc was more thrust into the limelight. Doc just was so good, so naturally talented, quite a bit younger when he got here, Um, and he grew up before our eyes probably a little too quickly, okay? Matt Harvey is mature. He's kind of a rough guy. He's a tough guy. He likes being the bad guy. Uh, 
he's not as warm and fuzzy as Doc was. Hard mm. to believe. Doc was warm and fuzzy. So they're two different animals, and their stuff is entirely different. Doc had the high cheddar, and he'd drop a little hook. Harvey, I think, is a little bit more of a complete pitcher. I think it has to do with his background, his, his growing up in school, and his process in the Mets minor leagues. Uh, warm and fuzzy about Doc Good, and well said as we compare those two. Two great Mets pitchers, obviously, but with very different stuff, very different styles as we discuss that, which leads to a great Twitter question. This is from at Alley07. Who's the best player you ever played with? Wow, that's a, that's a great, great question. <laughs> I, I've, I've been so fortunate. I've played from, I've played with uh, uh, Carl Yastrzemski, who a lot of you probably don't even remember, Hall of Famer. Um, very intense guy when I was a kid, came up with Boston in 1980. Uh, I, I would think locally here, and I had the best time of my life here in New York. I really, this is why I live here. Um, when we won in 86, you know, and everything was all about winning and, and this drive to win, encompassing the best I played with, Keith Hernandez, who uh, is a friend of mine. He's intelligent. He's intense and really wanted to win, and he thrived in this New York environment. So I think there was a guy who not only was a great athlete, but he was put in a place that he thrived in. So all-encompassing, it would have to be Keith Hernandez. Wow, Keith gets the nod. There you have it from Bobby O. That's a high praise indeed, talking about a great franchise and great players that you played with. This is the Edward Jones Chat and Cage IMJB. That's Bob O'Hader right there, World Series champion with those New York Metropolitans. Get your webcam fired up, and if you can't do that, just hashtag chatting, chatting cage, hashtag chatting cage, your question on Twitter. We'll find it. We'll read it, just like I'm about to do right here. Um, I, I believe you're from Los Angeles originally. Is that true? I am, yes. All right, well, this is a good question then. This is from uh, at AlM2. Which team has the pitching edge, those Dodgers or those Mets? Well, I'm going to give it to the Dodgers only because the experience, uh, uh, the experience matters when it comes to postseason because the nerves are ratcheted way up, and you have to manage your adrenaline. You have to be able to con control your adrenaline. The guys out there in L.A. have done that. They've been to the postseason. They're a little bit longer of tooth than the kids the Mets are throwing out. Now, that doesn't mean that the kids, DeGrom and Syndergaard, the two that are going to be thrown in L.A., are going to fail, not by any stretch. It just means it's going to be a little more difficult for them because you have to manage your nerves because the next thing you know, you're overthrowing the fastball. You're overthrowing the fastball. You're going to overthrow the hook. The hook's going to hang. It's going to go out in the bleachers. Mm. You have to manage the emotion. So on an emotional side, I give the edge to L.A. Stuff-wise, they're comparable. Listen, Granke is phenomenal. Um, these guys are phenomenal in L.A. Stuff-wise is comparable. I give the slight edge out there. But I think this series really is going to come down. Not so. The pitching we know is going to be great. I really believe that. I'd be shocked if these guys get lit up. I'd be shocked. I think it's going to come down to fundamentals. I think it's going to come down to make the basic plays. Maybe, maybe make a great play, but not many. Make the basics, run the bases right, hit your cutoff men, and play the game fundamentally sound. And, you know, the Dodgers have their own kind of wild card with Puig because he can get off on his own little planet every now and then. So I think there's, there's a wild card in there, but I really do believe as great as the pitching is on both sides, I give the edge to L.A. because of experience, but I, I do believe this game, this series is going to come down to fundamentals. Uh, really, those are the things in tightly fought contest is those fundamentals that usually play out over the long run. And that's great as you talk about.
about Planet Puig, you just never really know what fundamental he might make up on the spot That's right. for that game to get underway. We go back to Twitter now, hashtag chatting cages, I've said. Get your webcams fired up. And you described it really well in breaking down that pitching. So i got to ask this question from uh, I'm a Bill 002. Have you ever thought about coaching or managing? Well, I did coach. I coached in the minor leagues with the Mets, and I, and I had a great time. I do love teaching, and I, uh, it's a nice avenue. Would I go back to it? I don't know. We'll see. But teaching – quite frankly, and I'll be straight with you, has helped me do my job when I became an analyst and, and doing this because when I'm talking to you out there, I'm trying to explain it to you. I'm not trying to complicate it. I'm not trying to talk over your head. That's what the best coaches do. They simplify it. That's what I try to do with you people out there. I enjoy talking to you. So in a sense, I'm still kind of a coach, but I'm coaching you, and I'm trying to explain it to you, and I'm trying to understand it. I've learned so much since I've been on this side because I've had to learn it because I have to understand it to explain it. So in a sense, I kind of am still coaching. <laughs> you are indeed. Well said, sir. That's exactly right. As we, as we get to get insights from you and you share that with us, always great to learn and see what your point of view is. That's Bobby O. I'm JB. This is the Edward Jones Chatting Cage. Fans, join us just like this fan right here. What's your name, where you're from, and what is your question? Hi, I'm Dave from uh, New Jersey. Uh, I was wondering, how do you think 86 Mets would fare against this year's Mets? <laughs> oh, Dave, that's, that's, please, that's such an easy question. We would murder them. We just, it's not even a, it's not even a doubt. That team, we would run through a wall. We were clearly the better team in 86. We almost coughed it up, but at the last minute we said, you know what, Boston, we'll let you know. We know we're better than you. We took it to them in game six. We took it to them in game seven. So uh, as much as I love these, this new version of the Mets, and I do, a lot of great guys, great pitching, we really would have wiped the floor with them. <laughs> Not even a hesitation, no. just absolute certainty and a fact. I love seeing that. That's the, uh, an answer on the 86 Mets versus those 2015 Mets. Sorry, young fellas, it wouldn't even be close. This no. is the Edward Jones Chatting Cages, Bobby O. Oh, of those 86 Mets, I am JB. And we will continue the conversation with Twitter. This one just came in. And you touched on it a little bit, so maybe you can expand on whether or not it might actually affect them too much. This is from MoKir55. Uh, Bobby, you believe the Mets, the overall lack of experience, playoff experience for the Mets, puts them at a significant disadvantage? I don't believe it puts an overall lack of experience because, as we see, this year in the postseason is, is incredible. There's a lot of rookies. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of – look at the rook last night who takes that 2-0 fastball, sits on the 2-1 sits on the breaking ball, and goes yard. Mm -hmm. I, I, thought that was, I thought that was phenomenal. There's a lot of experienced rookies. So, nowadays, with technology, and, and as you guys know, you're into this, it's, the technology – brings rookies up to speed as far as knowledge and the knowledge is important you still have to perform mm. but they have a good idea what you're going to throw when you're going to throw it where you're going to try to throw it and conversely as a pitcher i know what you're looking for where you like to hit it and what you're trying to do with it so that knowledge that's gained through technology which i think is phenomenal has brought the experience edge right kind of evened it out a little bit you still have to perform but if you have a good idea what's going down, you're going to perform a little better. Now, that's, the, that's just the mechanics of it. Internally, I have to handle the pressure. And that comes from the older guys on the team. It can come from just one. But the older guys have to take charge and talk everybody down. Back down the adrenaline. Back it down. Manage it. Use it to execute a pitch or execute a swing. 
There you have it, folks. So uh, all things being equal, they go in. My, the veterans will lead them through it. That's how they'll get through these uh, this division series against those Dodgers. This is the Edward Jones Chatting Cage. Bobby O, JB here. I go back to Twitter. Hashtag Chatting Cage. Can you imagine how Terry – this is from at JimmyCooks08. Can you imagine how Terry Collins feels right now going into the playoffs for his first time? Well, he's elated. <laughs> he is elated. It's been such a long haul, and he's went through the tough times here. And this year happened. This year came together. Sandy Elderson with the great trade at the halftime uh, really helped put this team over the top. But right now, Terry is old enough and smart enough and a lifer baseball guy to understand the stakes are high. The stakes are high. Mistakes that he could possibly make mm. in moves could elevate him for the rest of his life or haunt him for the rest of the life. Things that happen in October during that game, decisions made during that game, you're going to live with. Mm -hmm. You are going to carry those with you forever. And at his age, or at any age, even the youngsters, you're going to have to wear that. So the pressure's there. Terry feels it as well. He's got to manage it, and everybody's looking to him for that guidance. But make no mistake, Terry feels the heat like everyone else. Let's see how he manages it. Uh, it certainly will, but that'll be one of the things I think his moves throughout October through the DS in particular, th that two those two managers will be looked at, scrutinized, right. maybe more so than others, just in terms of the way they've managed their teams collectively and individually. We have another fan with us in the cage. What's your name? Where you're from? What's your question? Hey, guys. Uh, it's Ryan from Connecticut. Uh, Bobby, I was just wondering, uh, who do you think is the favorite for the World Series this year? Well, Ryan, that's, uh, that's a great question. Uh, I watched that Cub game last night, and the history you know just the mere odds of not winning for that long you think yeah, i mean just you're gonna back into it somewhere <laughs> i i like i like chicago's chance um they've got to get past st louis and that's that's going to be uh, that's going to be a lot of work but then you, on the other side let me tell you something toronto what they have done and the moves they made at the halftime was, I think, phenomenal. Getting Tula, which was an emotional as well as a physical lift. Getting Price, you know, one of the top pitchers in baseball. They seem to be playing with a, with a drive. Last time they did it was 93. So those two, now I'm not counting out the Mets, okay? The Mets may, may do it. But those other two teams, they're deep, they're strong. The defense on Toronto might be a game changer. Mm -hmm. So right now, if, if I had to make a decision, I'd rather the Mets win if they don't win. I think Toronto kind of has the edge over the sentimental favorites, which may be for a lot of people as those Cubbies. Yeah, it'll be tough to root against the Cubbies as they proceed. But, man, that, not only is Toronto that good, but they also have an entire country. That's also tough to <laughs> contend with as well. One more Twitter question before we have to say goodbye to Bobby O as he heads out. And I like this one, All About Oi wants to know, what do you remember most about your World Series run? Uh, the win, the World Series win? <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you what. I remember – I. And I am not making this up. I remember after we won game seven at Shea Stadium, I was inside having a bottle of champagne, and I told the guys, and I did. I said, let's go out to the mound and thank our friends. Our friends were our fans. Yeah. Grabbed a handful of them. We went out to the mound. We sat on that mound at Shea Stadium, and we toasted you guys, all you Met fans, because you meant the world to us. You guys were in our dugout. We performed probably a little better than we should have, you know, given our lifestyle choices because we, we didn't want to let you guys down. You guys mattered to us. And when I sat out on that mound, that is one of my cherished memories, sitting on that mound after game seven, soaked in champagne, dirty, toasting you guys in the, in the seats. 
Uh, well, I know the fans uh, at that series and at that time were just thrilled and over the moon about you guys as well. So that's a great way to wrap things up here. Did you have a good time in the cage, Bobby? Loved it. This is phenomenal. I love it. All right, man. That's uh, Thanks for being with us. We appreciate that. I appreciate your time and a busy time of year. I want to say thank you to the fans as well. Fans, you make this show go. Without you, it's just me, and that's not as much fun. So I want to thank Bobby. I want to thank you, the fans, and we'll see you on the next round of the Edward Jones Chatting Cage.